My name is Logan Draper, and this is Modern Mad Men, episode 18. And today, with Pam Hughes. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking time. This has been a long journey to get here. That's okay. And so I apologize for the technical The best things take time. Hey, that's right. Oh, no. It's going to be a good day. Patience is important. It is. I'm not good at it. I'm a millennial. So <laughs> that's okay. I don't naturally. We have need it. you. We need you. Yeah. You you uh, innovate us and make us do work smarter, not harder. Yeah. yeah. And I just need to learn patience. So that's if I can learn that, it'd be a nice. You, you shouldn't pray for patience, Logan. You know that, right? I because do know that. Because then you get temptations. I always pray for peace. Yeah. Let me just have peace because it kind of goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. What we pray for. Yeah. Yeah. Door start open that you weren't ready for. Yeah. Well, tell us a little <laughs> bit. Tell the people listening a little bit about yourself. Um, I was born in the hospital here in Wichita Falls uh, at, when it was Bethania. I was awesome. raised here my whole life. I've never left. Uh, I grew up in the little town of Holiday just outside of here. And I was telling you earlier that I grew up with Stephen Santiana and his sisters. And actually, I'm closer to Sandy, their oldest sister. She was a really good friend of mine. And man, their whole family is just super sweet. Just big, big hearts from the time they were, I mean, it's just inside them. So um, it's nice to see the differences they're making in the community right yeah. now, each one in their own way. Um, and I uh, have two children. I have a daughter that's uh, 18, and she is a vibrant, sweet, awesome, hot mess. And then I have a son, and he's 13, and he's the sweetest, kindest teddy bear of a guy that's brilliant and wise and i hope he stays that way cool. yeah yeah um i work at the kitchen um and a lot of people don't know what that is so that's why i'm here i was going to kind of explain that yeah today. please please do okay well um uh the kitchen is has been here 50 years uh it was originally called the senior center uh, senior citizen center of north texas try saying that a lot yeah, that's, that's a not gonna work out yeah um, but it, it started as a, uh, senior, uh, a senior activity center and, uh, this church, uh, the church of the good shepherd, it's over there on Burnett, 10th and Burnett. They said, Hey, if, uh, seniors want to meet in Wichita Falls, you can use our activity center in the back. So it was the first senior citizen center in Wichita Falls. Um, so seniors in the community came together, brought potluck, hung out, fellowship, did bingo, played cards all day. And, uh, that, yeah. And it happened in 1967, um, because it was in the back, people couldn't find it. And so they said, well, just go down the alley to the red door. And so when the facility moved across the street, they just kept the name, the red door, because that's what everybody called it. Um, really? yeah, I yeah. So that. that's kind of cool. Right. Um, and, uh, so they outgrew that little spot and a synagogue across the street was leaving so they donated that building to us, and we moved into there. And it has this really cool Hebrew thing at the front, and everybody wonders what it says. And finally, somebody Googled it, and it said, a place without God will not uh, maintain or sustain. Oh, and wow. so it's kind of got this yeah. this thing on it, and it, it's really sweet. Uh, but we've been there. It's a 100-year-old building, so it's kind of falling apart, but mm. it does what it needs to do for us right now. Um, so we ended up moving over there and we outgrew that. Uh, and so the social security building, which is across the parking lot moved, you know, down kill. And they said, well, you can use our building too. 
So we moved our senior center over there, and we still cook in the building that was a synagogue. And so anyway, the kitchen has four programs. I'm kind of going, I'm sort of. No, I love this. This is awesome. Okay. Um, We have two senior centers in Meals on Wheels is what we're most famous for. And then we do a kids meals program. Um, But the, the senior center that's located in the social security building is called the Red Door still. And um, celebrating its 50, 50 years. And uh, awesome. yeah, you ought to come in. It's really cute. We have little signs that say um, cookies over the sink, the calories don't count, you know? <laughs> so that's great. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's very warm. And uh, we're, we're open from nine to four. Anyone is welcome. Any senior, well, anyone's welcome, but seniors, it's the main focus. Anyone over 60 can come and eat there. And we, we ask for a donation of $3, but we will not ever turn anyone away. We feed several people for nothing every day. Um, it's just a, it's an environment for them so that uh, they have uh, friends, friendship, fellowship, a safe place. It's it's familiar. Their parents went there. Their grandparents went there. And uh, we try to do some activities, but we, we try not to overload the activity area because yeah. we want them to be able to do their thing and us not be in the way because sometimes we can, you know, muck up the system a little yeah. bit. But um, we have bingo days. Every other Friday we have catfish and karaoke. And, man, can they sing. It is. I bet that's amazing. It's cool. Like, they start at straight up 11, and they've already got 20 people signed up. And they'll sing until 1 o'clock when he's like, that's the last one. Nope, we can't keep going. You guys have got to stop. (laughs) But they'll belt them out proudly. Every song you could possibly imagine. I'll look at the playlist and go, oh, my gosh. So And somebody will sing that, and it's like. Top 40 right now. but uh, It's so much fun. I know. I know. Yeah. People, I, I think uh, a lot of people have this uh, stigma about elderly people. Mm-hmm. They think uh, sad nursing home, near death, yeah. depression. But when you walk into the red door, there's laughter and goofiness. I, I mean, it gets so loud that at lunchtime I have to leave to make phone calls because they can't hear me on the phone. <laughs> it's like a high school cafeteria with manners. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Like the ladies will bite, make cookies for their boyfriends, and the guys will bring flowers and 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 do really, really sweet, polite. This is amazing. I know it's very cool. Yeah, and the there, we have this table of ladies that will wear. You know, if it's Christmas time, they wear goofy Christmas hats every day. At Halloween, they wear crazy stuff and. We did a, we, in Halloween, we do fall festival and mm-hmm. they can dress up And this one, the one who won this year showed up as a pregnant woman in a wedding dress and she was, <laughs> and she played it out. Like she did the holding her belly in her back. And, and I was like, well, you know, you need to sign up for this. And she goes, oh honey, will you do that? Just, I just, I'm not in any condition to be moving around too much. I mean, she played it out. It was so awesome, but they all have. Such wonderful senses of humor and um how cool is that? I know, and every day I get to go work there and That's enjoy their company. Yeah, life giving. So polite, so respectful, very encouraging of all that we do. And a few of them actually drive and deliver meals on wheels and then we'll show up and eat at our senior center too. Um, how, long's, how long has uh, Mills on Wheels been going? At, it's been going fifty years too, because okay. when we started the Red Door uh, after they would finish their potluck meals, they would go, hey, you know, so-and-so couldn't be here, so-and-so couldn't be here. And they would pack up their meals in individual plates and go deliver those meals every single day. 
and started organizing it. Well, they're sick. They can't come up here anymore. So they would send three meals with this person and five meals with that person until Meals on Wheels actually came into fruition and we affiliated. They had their own makeshift Meals on Wheels here from the first day. That is so, so cool. I know. Just taking so we, care of each other. Yeah, taking care of each other. Just the, well, we say it, it It came out of friendship. Like Meals on Wheels originated out of friendship here and um, and love. It, and it's so worth it because I, just yesterday we I went on a route. Sometimes I have to do that. Um, I'm not a big fan of grant writing, but it's part of my job. Yeah. And, and the tediousness of sitting behind a desk, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. So every once in a while I'll say, give me a route and let me go. And so I can remember what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Yeah. Met the sweetest, sweetest woman yesterday. She was about to go into surgery. Um, she just talked about how much she loved the meals and was so grateful for them. And while I was there, and it just killed me, but she wrote me a check. And she can't, she's one of the ones that can't afford to, but she said, um, don't take my blessing away. And she made me wait there as she wrote a check to give to Meals on Wheels. <laughs> uh, you know, and they're just so beautiful. So many sweet, sweet people that, uh, and they're they're not sad. They're just, they're joyous when you walk, when you walk up to the door and say Meals on Wheels. Some of them are waiting at the door to see you. And they just get so excited. And you, you make their whole day knowing that somebody's going to come in and say, hi, how are you doing? And beautiful, beautiful people. They'll make little origamis and whatever they could do. Yeah. That's, that's significant to them to show appreciation. They, they just over abundantly offer love to our volunteers. And that's why our volunteers keep coming back. That's so cool. It's very cool. And everybody has a story. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Am I talking too much? No, I'll, no, okay. I love, this is a cool thing. I didn't know about, you know, yeah. how the red door started. And yeah. I got the privilege of working with a guy named Rick Camp. Oh, yeah, Rick. Um, he is on, great. He was doing a golf tournament. I don't know if he's still doing that every he year. He does that every year. Yep. And and I'll just to brag for him, he never asks anything of us. He says, hey, we're going to do it on this weekend. Can you give me the flyer? He just asks us to update the day. That's it. Yeah. We hand him the flyer. He does all the mail outs. He finds all the sponsors. He organizes the event. And all he asks of us is to show up with a banner so... We can see who's there and, you know, get some type of solicitation, recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's all he asks of us. He's a and great every man. year he does that out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah. Great man. And he has a great wife. She, yeah. you know, yes. you know, behind every good man yeah. is a supportive wife who's doing about the same thing. But yeah, Sandy, Sandy's there every year too. She's Just, a legend. I know. She's changed a lot of lives. Yeah. She's, well, they're just beautiful people. Yeah, they are. Really making a difference in their way. I love that. That that that's how they felt like they can contribute, and it's unique, and it didn't add to our workload at all. It, yeah, which is which is perfect. Yeah, it kind of is. How, so, how did you end up at the kitchen? Well, um, I went to school here at MSU, and and I I had a heart for serving, but I just didn't know how mm. or what I was going to do. When you're a kid, you're trying to figure your way out, you know. Um, and I I joined a sorority. And this sorority required that 60% of the time we do community service. So we were voluntold. It's like, you want to stay in? You're going to go do this this weekend. And you're going to do that this weekend. And so it wasn't optional. It was just part of the deal. Um, even though I had helped in church, I just really hadn't been so involved in the community at that time. So I got to see all of the need 
Mm. You know, you live in your bubble and things are fine because yep. you don't know what you don't know. And so I really grew up in in, in my college years seeing that I was very, I should be very thankful for what I have. And there are people who are in need. And, and even if I can't contribute money, I can contribute time. And it does matter to them. So all through those years when I was in school, and I went to school part-time and worked full-time. And despite that, I was still able to kind of do that. And uh, when I got out of school, I didn't have to do it anymore. And I missed it. I was like, I just feel like there's something missing. Mm. I, I'm I'm missing out on something that I enjoyed in my life. And from then on, I started volunteering for decades, just volunteering the work that I had been trained to do in in college. Um, My daughter was born about a year after I graduated from college, and she had special needs. And so I was required to stay home for about five years. Um, And so in that time, I got a teaching certification because I thought that would make me a better mother. And that whole time I'm volunteering and like doing what I'm getting paid for now, you know, on the side for free um, and truly, truly enjoying it. So when it came to a time where I could do what I, I guess what I wanted to do, yeah. it was what, what I felt like God had called me to do. Yeah. Um, I got the opportunity at United Way and that's where I met your wife, yeah. Katie. Um, and it was, it was, a. Uh, it was so great to to be there, and then from there I moved on to the kitchen, which was a program of the United Way. Uh, that's how I met Jackie was at United Way, and and so when she called me in and offered me a job, I was like, "You had me at, yeah. would you?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah. yes, yes, I will." Yes. But uh, that's how I ended up at the kitchen, and uh, so now I'm marketing and development, and every day is a joy, and I I, I love nonprofit because it is like for profit except. I guess I feel like I'm changing the world in, in a weird way. Like I'm, yeah. I, it's a mission, yeah. and I'm, I'm, it's a privilege to get paid to do that. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like you guys are creating an amazing culture. Ah, thank you, I Will. Mean, and I can't take any credit. It's just been a machine of, you know, that has worked so beautifully for years. It's a privilege to walk in and just not miss it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting, too. Like, you know, when you get into, like, the elderly world, sure. how, how easy it is, and I think how a lot of people just dismissed it. Dismissed it. Well, and, and so our, our seniors at the Red Door are visible. We also have another senior center on mm-hmm. at the MLK Center that's much smaller but growing, and it's called the Green Door. We do exactly the same thing we do at the Red Door, but we do it in that environment because a lot of those seniors don't have the ability to transport to the Red Door, and so they can walk from their neighborhoods to that location and have everything that's offered at the Red Door um, at that location, however, it's almost 100% that we fund that. Um, and so that makes us feel good. We're feeding 50 people who weren't able to do that for yeah. themselves every day. Um, but with our with our Meals on Wheels program, um, they don't have a voice. Because in order to qualify for Meals on Wheels, you're over the age of 60. 80% of our clients are disabled. Mm. So they can't even pick up a pan or like walk around the kitchen very well to even put something in the microwave, much less go shopping for groceries and they can't work. Some, some, a lot of them were disabled before retirement age due to some type of injury, um, car wreck. Some are veterans, some are disabled from, you know, from wars that they fought for our country. And, um, so they don't get to be out here saying, you know, help the, help us with this and do this. So they, they don't have that voice that's that's so that's our job. We have to let people know 
And um, right now we have over a thousand people on the Meals on Wheels list. We we deliver about 850 meals a day. Not everybody Ooh. needs a meal every day. Uh, sometimes they'll have a caregiver, home health or something come in and they, they don't require that we bring them something because yeah. that generation is so unselfish. I'm telling you that, uh, yeah, they make Generation X, that's mine, look bad. <laughs> They they wait until. What does that make the millennials look like? They, well, y'all, are, y'all, we're all beautiful in our own way, but man, I don't know. They're just incredible. They'll work until they can't work anymore. What is retirement? Sixty. Bleh. They'll work until they're seventy five, eighty, yep. and just can't get up out of bed anymore yep. because they don't want to hand out. So when they call us, uh, you know, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I met a girl named Hattie, and she's ninety one. And she did not call us until last year to ask for Meals on Wheels. And she could barely walk to the front door to get the meal, much less, because she did not want to be one of those people that took advantage. She waited until there was absolutely no other option before she called us. And that's the case with most of our Meals on Wheels clients. They, They truly, truly have the need, and they truly are going hungry if they come to the place where they call us and say, will you help us? Yeah. So... That's my job now. I've yeah. got to let people know they need to have a voice. And so what's your biggest need? I mean, money, oh, well, right now, Right now, we're uh, with Meals on Wheels. It's not, everything else is fairly self-sustaining. For the most part, we handle everything else well. But those 850 meals a day um, has a great impact on our budget. It's our largest, you know, budget yeah. need. Right now, uh, we started the new year knowing that we were going to have a $200,000 deficit from the year before. And that's about how much we need to continue the weekend meal program that we started last year. Okay. Um, we, we started that program because we found out 70, we did a survey. We knew some of them were going hungry on the weekends, but we didn't realize the amount. So when we surveyed them, we found out that 71% were not eating on the weekends. Really? Not eating or taking. Yeah. I mean, truly no meal. The meal we deliver every day of the week is the only meal they would eat. That's the only meal they had. So they would take little bits of that one meal and put it aside so they wouldn't starve on Saturday and Sunday. Or they would just go hungry, hmm. eat saltines or, yeah. you know, whatever anybody could have handed to them. And um, it's just not okay. No. Um, we were like, we, we started it going, um, it's kind of like having a baby. You think, I'm going to wait until I have enough money to have a kid, and if you wait, you'll never have a kid. So you just go, it's going to show up. We're going to have a family now. Let's just do this. You know, you just trust that God's going to bring, you know, bring bring it, you know, plow the field, expect the rain. So that's what we did. We said, we need to just do this because it's right and hope the money shows up. And last year it did. And but this year it's it's not. And so we have to find a, a new way. We could always just drop the program. I mean, it's been 49 years not happening, but knowing that many people are going hungry, just we we can't. So um, we're trying to find a new way to bring in $200,000. And uh, one of the ways that we're, we're doing this is we started a lunch bunch society. Um, we're kind of 50 years. So when I walked in, uh, we weren't using our social media, barely using emails outdated database, no email database at all. I mean, really, really like yeah. living, li- you know, we kind of went, they went, if it ain't don't, bro- if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. Instead of transitioning, yeah. 
with the times. Very and normal. So Very normal for here. It kind of is, and 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 so we have some. We have to eat this elephant one bite at a time. And right now we're we're starting online giving, and we haven't. We had a one one way to do it, and it was very antiquated. And so now we have we can monthly draft. So Great. that's our lunch bunch Great. society online event where if you want to donate, we need a thousand people to donate twenty dollars a month. And and the way I see that, I, I give. Uh, my children sponsor a kid in a third world country, and I don't ever miss that money. It just goes out. I never even know it's gone because it leaves my account. I don't see it. I don't miss it. Yeah. But that impacts somebody else's life significantly. Yeah. And it's kind of that way with this. I mean, one fast food meal a week, I just don't think people will truly miss that. And yep. I mean, even if they donated $5 a month, that's 60 in, in, at the end of the year, that's $60 given to a Meals on Wheels program that they really, truly don't miss. So our online giving event is Lunch Bunch Society. And everybody who says, yes, I'm, I'm doing it, and we find out they are, we're bringing a, a certificate to them showing that they're a part of our Lunch Bunch Society and thanking them for that. We're hoping by March 31st we make the $200,000. We kind of have to by that time to know if we're going to be able to keep the weekend program. By when? March 31st. Um, We do a March for Meals every March Mm -hmm. through Meals on Wheels of America. And so by the end of that, we'll be able to announce how we've done. So uh, it's just going to be ongoing. And, And, you know, some people don't like to give online. We've had four people come in with a check equivalent to a year's donation, and we're like, Taking it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. In fact, I before I came here, I was just handing a certificate to somebody who brought in equivalent of $25 a month. And we're like, thank you so much. We yeah. appreciate that. It's the same. Just We just get it early instead of monthly, and yeah. that's fine. But um, That's a huge need. Yeah, and, and, and it, it just it makes an incredible difference in these people's lives. 60% of our clients live on less than $11,000 a year. They are literal. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you yeah. make less than a thousand dollars and live in a home, pay bills, medical, sustain life, and they're not buying food because that's like low. I mean, yeah. like I need heart medicine. I'm gonna. Uh, I know, right? And uh, truly, and then well, and, and the argument people have about this is. Why don't they just go into a nursing home if it's that bad? Why don't they just let somebody else take care of them? And I, and I, what they're thinking in their head is Rolling Meadows. Let's go into a retirement community where they get to play games and shuffleboard and somebody comes in and la, 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 la. And they have this really cute little condo looking. For these people, it's a government-housed yeah. nursing home that looks like hospital rooms with multiple beds in a room yeah. and a box in their memories. So they're living in a medical bed until they die. Yep. It's a terrible, I mean, it's necessary, but why do that when you could just pay $5 and give them a meal and give them that opportunity to live and die in the home they raise their kids in yeah. with their memories and independence. I mean, to feel independent and sit in their recliner and watch prices right. Yeah. Why not offer that for them yeah. when it's only $5? And those people who go in the nursing homes, the government's paying that bill and it averages about 40 or more thousand dollars a year from the government. So it's not even fiscally responsible yeah. to throw them into a home like that. It's 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 for $5. They get to live in a home that somebody comes in with our meals on wheels. We call our, we say we're more than just a meal because when our volunteers go, 
they invest in those people's lives and they'll go in and know Judy, you know, like, like yesterday, the lady who was, that we went to visit, she was going into surgery and her, her volunteer was like, well, honey, what can I do for you? Are you going to be okay? Well, where are you going to be? I'll come visit you. And, um, they invest in, in the senior's life and they become a friend. Um, how I grew to love Meals on Wheels, my granny had three heart attacks in one year. And, man, she's a tough woman. She did not die. I don't know how she didn't die. Um, but she couldn't make her meals anymore, and we had to work. So we paid Meals on Wheels to deliver to her. And when she died, you know, I kind of thought of it as pizza delivery. Here's your food. See you later, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But when she died, several of those volunteers came to her funeral and cried and knew her and mm. loved her. And I realized then that it was yeah. so much more than just delivering food. It was loving my, my grandmother and it made me love Meals on Wheels. Yeah. But it took seeing that and having a personal circumstance make that clear to me. Um, so I always include, I always uh, encourage people to do a route just one time in their whole life, just do it and see what it really is about. It takes less than an hour. You show up, we have a drive through. I mean, you just go up and say, Hey, I'm route 22. They put the food in your car. They give you a route sheet, GPS it, give you all the details and you can be done even on a brand new route in an hour and it changes lives. You just, uh, for some, uh, most of the people who deliver for us are retired but we need to stop that because they're going to need Meals on Wheels. Those baby boomers are not going to be able to sustain our volunteer base very yeah. long. So we've changed our ways to where we made our routes shorter so businesses can shift. You know, uh, you know, Design Works could take a role, and then today, this week you do it, and then somebody else does it, and then two months go by, and then it's your turn again. And it doesn't really overburden one person, but that route is always delivered on that Monday, and... We know it's going to be okay, and it makes a difference. So we're, we're, we're transitioning to try to include businesses and making it feasible for them to have that opportunity to serve in our community and not overburden them with, with it. Um, but that's why we always encourage people to come and just sort of see what it's like. It'll forever change your perspective. Yeah. And, and, again, we all live in bubbles. I, we do. I live in the nonprofit world, and I did leadership, Wichita Falls. There's a plug. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> leadership. It's so awesome because what they did was they made all of us go to probably 20 nonprofits in the community, and there's over 100. And there were about five men in that room that one day, man, not a one of them got away without crying mm. because they didn't know. They'd been in biz the business world, you know, working hard to be successful, focusing and, you know, not – you know, sacrificing their lunches for anything, including themselves. They were like ordering in and not being out there, truly seeing that there are orphans that, I mean, we don't call them orphans anymore, but there's an orphanage in our community where children actually live. And there's a place where children go that are sexually abused in our community yep. at the age of 18 months to whatever. Yep. And there's a domestic violence shelter for families, not just children, not just women, but children and a homeless shelter. And they just didn't know that there was all of this going on so in our hurt. community and that they could make a difference, but they couldn't not know after they saw it. You know, once you, once you're made aware, you can't pretend anymore that things are cookie cutter. It just isn't. And, yeah. and, um, 
so so the beauty of being able to see that is that it processes in your head and and and, and everybody is I mean everybody has a beautiful heart. I mean they really do. I, I have a lot of faith in people. I think we all have our gifts and talents and, and the place that tugs at us. Um but if you don't know, then you can't. Yeah. So my job is to let people know. So if 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 this area is something that they feel drawn to, then they can make a difference with us. But I encourage them to help in any way. Yeah. Because everybody everybody has value. Every nonprofit has value and worth and changes the community that we're living in for the better. So what would you say to the person who's sitting here listening that they they know they need to invest somewhere. Oh, sure. Maybe they don't know what it is. How do you find out? Um, well, we have a, a nonprofit center in our community, and it's called the Nonprofit Center. If you were to Google it, Nonprofit Center Wichita Falls, they have a list of nonprofits in our community, and each one of those has a link to all of those nonprofits. I encourage them, if they have a like a heart for seniors or a heart for the hungry or a heart for children or a, a heart for the arts, to look at the different nonprofits in those in in those subcategories, and then maybe one day you could call, go by, take a tour. I mean, anyone's welcome to come on any day, and I would love to give them a tour. And uh, people go, "Hey, can you come and uh, have a conversation with our organization?" I'm like, "Absolutely, I will make the time to be there." Uh, but just ask and 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 call, get information online come and visit, just see for yourself. And in those categories where you know that you feel at night, it's not okay for you. You know, that that's restlessness. Like, yep. no, I need this to be better and, um, and see where you can offer time. Sometimes time isn't what you can offer. Sometimes it is money. Sometimes mm-hmm. like those workaholic bless their hearts, got to provide for their family, take care of the business and they do, they're doing what they're doing and they have that, that value is significant the way they help is writing a check mm-hmm. so that things can continue. But then for millennials, most millennials don't have any money. They're in college. They're uh, not all of them, but and they're yeah, new, sure. new careers, new families, young families, just trying to, you know, survive. Yes, <laughs> literally. And, um, and that's not the exception. That's the rule for millennials. How do they help? I've been going to MSU and doing freshman orientations talking about, helping in the community and I tell them the way you change the world for us is that you tell people because social media is your game. I mean, you guys know how to wheel and deal that way. You can get, I mean, you, you have a a base of people that I can't reach and, and, and so much skill in doing that and promoting things that will draw other people to us. You sharing our message, you uh, letting people know, yeah, you may not be able to deliver every week, but maybe there's an event once a year that you can come in and hang out with us, and your time is money. And and every time we have a Meals on Wheels volunteer come in, I tell them, every day you show up to deliver a meal, if you work for minimum wage, you're paying for a meal and a half for somebody because we didn't have to we didn't have to give that money to someone to do what you're doing today and add that times 5 and then add that times 52. Yeah. That's money in our pocket that you you took the time to give to us. That's that time is money in value in every way. Um we do have one more program I didn't talk about. Oh, I, hit it. I'm a man, you're gonna, they're going to be like she talked to us. No, this is this is amazing information. Really? <laughs> okay, well and so 
we and we have another event, but I'll tell you after that after this. Um, we do a kids meals program, and it, some of it's tied to Meals on Wheels. This last year, my husband's going to kill me for saying this. Last year, um, we started a a Meals on Wheels program for children with disabilities and their caregivers. So children who are homebound and they have a parent in the home can receive a meal, both of them. Um, and for me personally, that is very impactful because I did tell you I, I had to quit work for yeah. five years. My daughter was born premature, six weeks premature, and she did not have a stomach that was um, – her stomach was not completely put together, basically. And um, in the course of five months, she had to have emergency surgery. She almost died. Um, she had to be tube-fed for almost two years after that. She wouldn't die, swallow food because her – what had happened is the food would never process through her stomach. It would come back out, and it had burned up all of her esophagus oh, and her stomach. And um, and um, so she ref- she was just going to die because it was just too painful to keep putting things in her mouth. And so the, that's where the tube came in to feed her. Um, so in that time, I was working a full-time job. So we go into a hospital, and then we have all of these medical bills because she has more needs and more needs and more needs. Then I have to quit that job, all these medical bills, half the income in our home. There were years that I wrote in my scrapbook, thank you, Lord, for not making us fall for bankruptcy, not making letting us lose our where we live and not you know. Yeah. I mean, those were the things I was grateful for. You know, walking around the grocery store going and calculating in my head if I buy that for forty eight cents and I do this and you know, I can make I can make it out of here on the twenty dollars I've got. And that's it. That's all I got. And um, so for me personally, I'm extremely um, grateful that Meals on Wheels uh, is taking care of people like me because I know what that felt like to wonder, how am I going to feed my kid? How am I going to how am I going to eat? How am I going to make it? And I don't have options. It's not like we asked that our daughter be born with this, you know. She went to school, and that's why I also went back to school to get a teaching certification at night when I wasn't with her 24-hour. You know, somebody could be with her for a moment while I went at night. Um, And so when she started school, she barely made it through kindergarten, barely. I mean, with kindnesses of the heart of the teachers, like, okay, it's 10 o'clock, you can go take her home now kind of thing. And um, But then after that, just miraculously, she was okay, and she was able to stay in school, and now she's a healthy girl a few immune system issues because of the five years of malnutrition, but yeah. but she's thriving. She's strong. She's she's scary strong. You know, like guy alpha male strong and good. It, I know. I good. like it. I like it. And but but oh, I I know how it feels to to be in that spot. And so I'm really happy that we offer that for the kids now. That's awesome. So we can we say we can feed you from the time you can put food in your mouth until your golden years and. I love that we do that. Um, but we also are uh, the caterer for a, a program called the Kids Cafe. Uh, it's a it's a program through the Wichita Falls Area Food Bank. Um, they started this after-school program where kids would get meals, hot meals, before they went home. Um, Bernice Leith, a shout-out to her. She's a philanthropist in the community, and she doesn't like being bragged about, but I don't care. Um <laughs> She's just a rock star to me because she fought and fought and fought to bring it to Wichita Falls, and and it it was with the food bank, and we've been their caterer since that program started. So we make the meals because we have a kitchen, 
and they come and pick them up and they go deliver them to the Boys and Girls Club, Campfire, Southside Youth Center. There's like 10 different places. And every day, 750 kids, some like approximately get fed a meal before they go home. Um, the beauty of where I was before I started being paid to do nonprofit was I was a teacher and I always picked Title I schools. I mean, because I was wanting to serve and teaching wasn't my gift, but definitely love those kids. So um, I would watch the ones that got on the Boys and Girls Club bus and the ones that had to walk home. And I knew how significant that meal and those opportunities were because those kids who got on the bus when they came in weren't starving at breakfast time, looked like they had gotten some rest, had their homework done, you know, were put together to make that next day. And then those other kids were hanging around the trash can waiting for people to throw away their breakfast and Mm. sticking things in their pockets. And I know I wasn't supposed to allow that, but I wasn't going to stop it either. I was like, "Mm mm-mm. If you're hungry enough to stick a biscuit in your pocket to take home, then I'm going to let you take that biscuit home. Um, So I know that this program really does matter. These kids wouldn't have a meal beyond lunch. And I can't picture going home all night starving and trying to do homework, take care of things in your environment, and, you know, going 12, no more than 12 hours without food. Yeah. So um, we're very, very proud to be in partnership with them. It's their program. They allow us to be the caterer, and um, that's the fourth uh, part of our kitchen. I wish people knew what we were. The kitchen's so vague. It's something I have to work on the branding for. Um, They think we're a caterer, but it's because we make these meals for all of those programs, and we feed people. We feed the hungry. And we thought, what's the one place where families go, you know, to do that? that have that warm, comfortable, safe place, the conversations of fellowship. And it's always the kitchen, the kitchen mm-hmm. table, when they're cooking, kitchen talk, right? Yep. And we, we do consider ourselves a family. We say it's a family of program. It's a family of four programs. Um, so that's why we are the kitchen. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you again. said you had an event. I do. Was it? Was it? Oh, okay. So I'm so excited about this. It's called False Town Dancing Through History. And a couple of years ago, they came up with the idea, why don't we do this? And then they stuck it in a file because they didn't have the manpower to make it happen. Um, but what it is, is we're going to break the Guinness Book of World Records for couples dancing. And we're going to do it downtown. And that all was possible when I joined leadership last year. So I go in and I'm like, we're going to make this happen. But the problem is we don't have the manpower. How are we going to make this happen? So I go into my class and I meet Jeanette Charos. She was in my class. She's in downtown Wichita Falls. And Ruby Ariga, and she is with MSU. And then Audrey uh, Mendoza, who is with Shepherd Air Force Base. And I said, can I take you all to lunch and let's have a conversation? And they said, yeah. And I said, so the big push in Wichita Falls we want people going downtown. Mm-hmm. If we don't grow our downtown, we can't bring people into our community because it's one of those things that businesses look at, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that is a sustainer for people to want to move here. And I said, so we're wanting to grow downtown, promote downtown. We're wanting to get MSU more involved in the community and bring them downtown. We're wanting to be more interactive with Shepherd because it's kind of its own little community and they want them to interact in Wichita Falls and we want to bring them downtown. And so how do we do that? I said, would y'all be willing to do this Guinness Book of World Records, Couples Dance With Me, downtown on Ohio, 
And we bus in MSU students, we pay their way in, we get sponsors to pay their way in, we just need their bodies and their enthusiasm. And we get Shepherd to volunteer to be a part of it and bring their guys down. And we get 6,000 people to show up. We could do that because 6,000 people is about the average for a St. Patty's Day event downtown. But if we get all of those people down there and they couples dance, and it could be grandparents, they could be in a wheelchair holding their grandbabies, it could be best friends, and all they have to do is be touching and in motion. And that is, you know, it's not very restrictive. It just has to be in motion of couples dancing. If we could do that, and charge $5 a person to come in other than the students. We could feed seniors. We could feed all Meals on Wheels people. We could bring recognition to downtown. We could go in the history books. We could make each group happy because MSU is contributing yep. people. Shepherd's contributing people. I'm trying to find sponsors. Downtown does what they do best, which is making those events happen, and I, I don't this. have to think about it. They just go, oh, well, we feel this. I mean, they know what it's going to take to do that, and they can set it all up for us. And we're also contacting like Al Roker at the Today Show because in April, we scheduled it for April 21st because during the month of April, Al Roker travels all around the country to universities that are trying to break Guinness Book of World Records. And gives them national recognition. So maybe we might even end up on the national news um, and bring that recognition to Wichita Falls. So I'm so excited about this. So April 21st? April 21st. Yeah, downtown. Anybody can be there. Anyone. Yeah, it's going to be be super kid-friendly. We're going to have food trucks in there. So if people get hungry, we'll have beverages. We'll have port-a-potties. Anything you need. It's all going to be like in our little happy walled off place and uh and we're gonna have live entertainment uh we're just gonna try to make it a big celebration we're hoping people from dallas will come in yeah from lawton from all you know all of our little communities that love dancing our seniors dance every tuesday night red door seniors they come up and they tear it up on tuesday nights we can have our seniors show up and it'll just be a a lot of fun i know and it and it's gonna feed people yeah yeah in the end you're good in history and, and they'll all get their names in the history books. Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. That's a fun event. That's, that is yeah. a very, very cool event. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, we've got to, I think it's going to pull together. It's been going very, very well. We've been pushing on open doors so far. It's going to happen. Now, yeah. it's just, we just have to get 6,000 people to show up. Yeah. I think you can do it. I do too. Yeah, you got plenty of time. Yeah. You still got months. Yeah. It's, and it's for a world record. It's for a world record. Yeah, and I, when I approached them, let me give them props. I said, you know, we could split the profits. I know that Shepherd doesn't need them, MSU doesn't need them, but if downtown, yeah, and they all decided, no, this will be for you. How cool! Yeah, that's great. I know they're going to do all this work, and it's just going to give. They're going to gift it to Meals on Wheels. So well, good. I After hearing anything you said today, I think that's a great thing because yeah. I think there's a lot of people that deserve that. Uh, yes. to have someone deliver them food, a yes. basic necessity. Yeah. And so if people want to donate or volunteer, how do they get hold of you? They can go to our website. It's thekitchenwf.org. At the top, we have a donate, and you can hover over it. It shows a one-time and then the Lunch Bunch Society option. Um, You can come visit us. We'd love for you to come in. It's at 1000 Burnett. It's on 10th and Burnett downtown, Mm -hmm. just a block off from First Baptist Church. And uh, we're open from 9 to 4 every single day, Monday through Friday. Um, or you could just mail it to us. Um, our, I, do you want me to give that? Yeah, or Just please. have them call us? Okay. Um, it's P.O. Box 1655, 
Wichita Falls, Texas, 76307. And you can call us. Um, our number is 940-322-6232. Yeah. Good. Or I'll just come to you. You can email me. You yeah. can whatever. I'm, I'm, I will, I will do the work because it matters. It does yeah. matter. Yeah, it does. Well, and people you... like you make, help me. I, I really want to thank you, Logan, because, um, we are a nonprofit. We don't have a lot of money for marketing and you offering us the opportunity to share this with the community is, is a true gift to us. So thank you for letting oh, us do this. Thank you. I, one, I love what you are doing and any way we can help that. I mean, that's, there's people in our city that we love. Yeah. And you said earlier, and I loved it. Uh, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And we, people need to know. And yeah. so more people that know, more people can get rally behind it. And they get a chance to break a world record in April. I know. Wouldn't so that be so fun? That's a pretty awesome idea. Uh, We've yeah. been, uh, Jared and I have been trying to figure out how to break world records for a long time. Have you? Oh, there's so many that you could do. I think there's a list. At one point, we thought we were getting close to having the world record for the longest rubber band chain. Oh. We were like in high school or junior high. And <laughs> it was about a mile long. It was a mile long. Wow. And we found out the world record was how long? It was like 17 miles. Some homeschool family in some rural area had oh just built goodness. this. So we weren't even close. Oh, wow. And then we were trying to figure out how to do the world's longest slip inside. We were going to do it from the top of the dirt hill and yeah. run it. And uh, yeah, that, someone built it down like a mountain. So that one's not obtainable either. Dang. But we'll find one and we'll join yours as well. Ah, so. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to have you there. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. And uh, this has been episode 17 or 18. 18. We're growing. 18 I'm getting is a better. Good number. 18. And we're out. <laughs>